Hello and happy Saturday, goblins! Here to talk a little D&D? Maybe learn some player secrets? We'll lay down those weapons, take off that armor. It's time to disengage. Hello everybody, thanks for joining us for our next episode of Disengaged. I have Steven here today from Endless Midnight. Hi Steven. Hello, thanks for having me. Of course, our uh, last player interview of the game. Wow. And by the time this comes out, all the episodes are out. So all the spoilers. Okay, good. So I, I'm Would- the first person to, I get to talk yes! about spoilers. That's very yes! exciting. <laughs> There's been so many times where I, I wanted to ask a question and I was like, oh, I can't say that yet. <laughs> so this is very exciting. Uh, but first off, um, before we get into the Endless Midnight game, uh, do you have any other hobbies other than D&D? Okay. Wow. Um, this is like a job interview already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely do. Obviously, everything's changed in the last few months, not to date right. this interview, but let's just say for unspecified reasons, I've been staying indoors a lot lately. It's... For my health. Um, so I do. I, I, I do. Before I used to do jujitsu and that was a big hobby of mine. Now I've been finding other ways to, to stay fit and active. Um, I like to play a lot of video games. Definitely. D&D has been so much more of a hobby for me in the last like three months because mm-hmm. I've had so much time to do it. So I get to play like five games a week now, which has been really exciting. I know everybody is. It's I don't have that much bandwidth i think for for that much dnd which okay i love dnd guys i do mm-hmm. but i don't have that much bandwidth so i'm always impressed when people are playing five games a week <laughs> it's i i feel like i've had to get used to it, it it's a conditioning thing it was a little tough at first but What's now up? it's like oh i can't drop down to three games a week are you crazy what am i gonna <laughs> do for the rest of the well, time it's most certainly a way to like you said you know while you're in stuck inside connecting to people and um, really getting on an adventure outside of the house. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. That's been really nice. How long have you been playing? I started playing in college, probably about six or seven years ago. I had never played before then. And I remember a friend just describing, just telling me some of the rules of D&D on like a long car trip together. (laughs) So I was like, Oh, I have to try this. So we got back and played a campaign. I was so lucky because my first campaign, we had like eight people in it and it lasted almost two years, I think. Wow. Um, it was it was amazing. So that really, I was so hooked after that. A car trip to, exp- like, how many, how many rules were there to describe that didn't daunt you at all? There's a <laughs> lot to D&D. It definitely <laughs> did, but he was so passionate about it. And you gotcha. know, at a certain point, you just need something to talk about, I guess. I remember him describing, I was like, what happens if you die? I don't want my characters to die. And he told me the whole death saving throw system and everything. (laughs) Well, have you had any characters die since then? Okay. I've had a couple. That first campaign, I actually love this story because I had this barbarian. His name was Stick Blackwood. And we played for like a year, a year and a half. And I talked to the DM and I was like, hey, I think like we should shake up the group a bit. Um, Maybe you should kill my character. So <clears throat> that was your choice. It was my choice. I, I wanted to, because, you know, barbarians are amazing, but after a long time, you're just like hitting things with the same yeah. axe over and over. Yeah, and it's, I feel that. it's so fun. But um, I felt like I had completed his character arc, his whole thing. He just wanted to learn. He was a half orc and he wanted to learn fractions um, to learn <laughs> what being a half orc was. 
So he, <laughs> he did learn some fractions and he was killed by an old member of the party who ended up being like our big bad guy. And I thought it would be fun, but then his character death, we all went home so sad that night. Everybody was so Aww. torn up. So I've had a few a few character deaths. That one sticks out to me the most. <laughs> so do you approach games differently based on your character or cast of characters or settings or like this is a podcast or do you just kind of play all games the same? I definitely felt a lot more pressure to try to come up with a, a more serious and workable character for the podcast. I think in general, I like playing a fun personality. Usually... I'll go for kind of a more comedic and fun character. Like I like being sort of the comic relief in a party. Um, so when James approached us about this podcast and really outlined kind of what he, he wanted to do with it, including making it a more serious, heavy role play campaign, which was a really fun challenge for me because I usually, I don't always play that way. Um, usually I, you know, I like playing just a silly halfling who is uh, impulsive and, shakes things up every now and then. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, comedian, you know, comedic characters can be workable, but I can definitely see how in this particular setting, it would be kind of a tone difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were, there were definitely a lot of moments that we had to take very seriously. Yeah. All the crying. Yeah. Um, so how did Redford come about then? Redford, I, really liked the idea of playing a forged cleric. We we didn't really get into religion at all in this in this campaign, which was a pretty conscious choice that uh, James and I made and had some conversations about it. But I wanted to play a blacksmith. This is actually the first time I've ever played a human character. And I've always thought like, <laughs> oh, that's so boring. I don't want to play a human. He fit a place in the party pretty well with mm-hmm. everybody had such amazing and, and varied backstories. And I knew I wanted to play someone from before the war because we had, I mean, James had this amazing plot hook of there's a bomb went off 50 years ago. And so the first decision you have to make is, is my character pre or post that tragedy? Uh, I knew I wanted to play someone from before that. And then this just, I had this idea of this grizzled old man in my head and uh, just kind of came together from there. So what's enticing about playing this type of cleric or clerics in general or... I've played a few clerics before. I, I definitely really like it. What I loved about this one, about playing a forge cleric, is that it presented a clear trade and a space for him in the world. You know, he, he's a blacksmith. That's what he does. And I, he, for him, he's kind of a um, straightforward and straight-to-the-point guy. So that, that trade was a big part of his identity. And I really liked that the class provided that. Plus, there's so many cool options and spells that come with Forge Cleric that um, I don't think I ever got to use heat metal, but oh, I wanted to every every encounter. I was going to ask you what your favorite spell was. So if you can talk about that one, I don't know what it does. Heat metal, it's you just uh, heat up any object worn or carried. I think I'm I'm going to sound dumb because I don't have it in front of me, but basically, you know an enemy is wearing a suit of armor and you just kind of oh. boil them in it or they're Oh goodness gracious. It. Well, you know, they would hopefully take it off, but it it's cool because it uh <laughs> controls it's their, their skin, you know. Yeah. You force the enemy to make a choice. Am I going to like waste my turn <laughs> dropping my yeah. weapon or getting rid of my armor or just like try to take take the uh whatever d6 damage it is. I don't know. 3d6? I'm going to go with 3d6. 
I do love that um, Redford's, uh, you, you say being a, a blacksmith is so important to his, his you know, personality, not personality, but as a character. Um, it's also so important in the setting. Um, I, we don't touch on it a lot, but, you know, the fact that um, the slag affects that job so much, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think that's very a very cool little tie in to like everything is just so well tied together in, in the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you could probably dive into the the his trade and not being able to practice his trade and the impotence exactly. of that, and then finding a family, <laughs> and then, you know the trade comes together. It's very like uh, Freudian move that James did, I'm sure, <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> on purpose, every yeah. year. So, have you created any characters that you haven't gotten to play yet? Oh, I have. Um, an app on my phone that I've had for years, I think before D&D Beyond was really big and I probably have like 20 or 30 characters or so. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out one of my favorite characters ideas that I haven't gotten to play, who is Dodo the Undying. He is a Aarakocra monk of the way of the long death who's just convinced that he's immortal just because he hasn't <laughs> died yet. And it's like, prove me wrong, you know? <laughs> he's just one of those lucky people that people try to kill and he doesn't die. Like how does, if he's saying, prove me wrong, what happens now? I'm curious. I don't know. I mean, I haven't gotten to play him yet. (laughs) Yeah. The, the way of the long death, I think is an interesting class. It's all about not dying. And I think that would kind of go to your head, especially as a Dodo bird. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds pretty amazing. So I love making characters. uh, If I ever like don't have service on my phone or something and I'm, I'm bored, I'll just hop on the app and, you know, (laughs) make some ideas. (laughs) When you're creating these characters, do you have a setting in mind for them or not usually? I think I usually operate in my head. I've never really thought about that before, but I think I usually operate in the just standard like Forgotten Realms 5e setting. Okay. That's the majority of the campaigns I've played have been that. I've kind of been branching out to some other RPGs recently, but most everything besides obviously in Enlist Midnight, I've played in uh, Faerun. So which, and this, I don't know if this is a taboo question or not, but if you had the choice to play one of the other characters from Endless Midnight, who would you choose? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I think, obviously, I wouldn't be able to do any of them justice. Everybody played them so well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Turnock, I don't even know how I would approach Turnock the way Kristen plays uh, I mean, she has like a lizard brain somewhere deep inside <laughs> of her and she can just think like that. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't want to touch that. And Violet, too, I think was such a beautiful idea for a character and someone born out of, you know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think I would go with Mulligan because I probably like personally can identify most with being the, the strong, silent type, I guess. so if you were having gone through the whole story now is there anything is there any type of character you think would be cool to introduce or um anything you would have done differently that's two separate questions but there you go (laughs) yeah that's interesting i'm i would like to explore if we're like if i would were to make a character for a campaign taking place after the events of the of endless midnight Mm -hmm. yeah 
I think it'd be really interesting to explore one of the wizards like working in the town and what yeah. are the next steps for for those people who are so deeply mistrusted but also kind of in charge of the future of the the realm so to speak um, or maybe I like you know absolution now that they have the only sunlight for I don't know hundreds of miles I like the idea of playing someone who is just seeing that for the first time and wants yes. to like come and join that, you know, there's going to be so many people in the, on the continent that come to absolution and are just blown away by what they see. Yes. So that'd be fun to explore. And jumping on that. Uh, the one question I have asked everybody is how they would experience, how your character would experience the sunset either for the first time or the, for the first time again. So how would Redford uh, experience a true sunset? Wow. The, the sunrise moment, I think, was really beautiful for everybody. I love that. And I, I think it's really appropriate how it happened. Um, all tragic, obviously, but I thought it made for a great cinematic moment. I think Redford... I sweet romantic moment, damn it. Yeah. I think Redford would want to make a sort of pilgrimage. Um, you know, he's not like a deeply religious cleric, but he definitely has that element of spirituality. And I think he'd want to make a pilgrimage to his temple or his guild place that was raided as a child and just kind of get some closure on that whole experience see the sunset maybe bring along his his wife and new child uh make it a family road trip <laughs> but I, I think it would it would be really important for redford to especially after everything he learned about corinne and her role in his right. whole life you know it he, really was a changing experience mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, you'd have to kind of rectify that with what you thought of reality or what it is now and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you guys are playing, this is, it's all words, right? No visuals. You're not like on roll 20 or anything like that. Right. Is that different? Do you usually use minis or maps or I what's your preferred gameplay? Experience of doing it all in the imagination for for the podcast obviously it's important because anybody listening can't see what we're doing but i thought it was very natural and smooth usually in the past three months i've been playing on roll 20 a lot i do really enjoy that but i've had games before i think where we did it all audio and i don't i don't really find a problem with that it's just a little more headache for the dm to decide (laughs) oh you're i don't know 40 feet away let's say yeah i pretty much have to have a visual okay (laughs) or else i I just lose what's going on <laughs> i get that it helps a lot and it, especially if you're playing like i don't play spell ca- casters a lot so it is a lot harder to it, figure out what you're going to do in the next round if you don't have a good visual of the battlefield whereas like if you can see everything you're like oh 15 foot fireball right there that makes sense right and sometimes you know if you have a a, a little half wall that's in the way or you the pile of rocks or you know all the unique things you can use with the stuff around you I think mm-hmm. that's kind of cool to be able to incorporate, but also that just is a showcase of the talent of being able to just describe all of that and and come up with it, um, you know, on the on the fly when you're doing a podcast. So I mean, y'all have been really interesting in in both uh, combat and you know off combat gameplay. So thank you. I I just love it so much. I hope everybody else does too. <laughs> well, I'll credit the James for the great descriptions and setting and really bringing us into the space. I know we're working on um, getting like an actual map of 
Scythia out and Mm -hmm. um, a bunch of other different visuals to kind of put out on social media for everybody. And that'll be fun. So. Oh yeah. I love it. I mean, it's such an interesting world that was built and to, you know, put it into these concrete forms. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah. Do do you think uh, this is the last time you'll see Scythia and this midnight? I don't know. I mean, I'm so, uh, a little bit traumatized. <laughs> experience. Maybe it would be, maybe, maybe I need a break from sight. Right. I need to trip away. <laughs> That's but, completely fair. No, I hope not. I, there's, there's, it's a very rich world with a lot of storylines that you could go down a lot of like, complex moral questions to answer in terms of yes. like, I don't know, someone <laughs> did something terribly wrong and now everybody has to deal with it. I like that. Yes, they'll, um, everybody listening to this uh, right now, there's going to be a roundtable episode of Endless Midnight with all the players at once discussing everything that went down. So that's a great episode. Y'all will have to listen to that. And you can hear me on that as well. Absolutely. So is there um, anything you want to say about D&D or about the Endless Midnight show or this is kind of our, our wrap up? So anything you want to say, the floor is open. Well, I hope everyone liked it. It was a really amazing thing to to try out. Um, you know, I had never done a podcast before, and I love doing it. I love being a part of it. And so we didn't scare I, you away. No, not at all. <laughs> and if anybody ever wants to uh, need someone in their D and D party, just let me know. I'm around. I've got <laughs> two free nights a week right now where I'm not playing D and I'm ready to fill those up. Don't forget your mornings and the mornings. Yeah, there's so much time. <laughs> Well, thank you for taking uh, a half hour to, to be with me today. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to dive into another campaign. Awesome. We'll see you then. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Disengaged. I'm producer Erica, and I hope to catch you next time. <laughs>